Welcome to the Spirituality What? podcast, where we explore the mysteries, joys, and challenges of being spiritual beings navigating our unpredictable human experience we call life here on planet Earth. I'm your friendly guide, Rebecca, ready to jump into our adventure of the day. Welcome back to the Spirituality What? podcast. I am really excited this time to do a new series, to start a series about psychedelics and spirituality. And this time we're specifically going to talk about psilocybin and mushrooms. And I've brought in my good friend Andrew, who has a good deal of experience both on the journeying side and also um, as a guide facilitating psilocybin journeys for people. We met also on Meetup. I'm over 35, so I guess that's where I meet new people. I don't know where you meet new people if you're over 35, but Meetup has worked out pretty well for my husband and I. And in this episode, we are going to get into the details of the physiological science behind psychedelics and what happens in your actual human body. And we're going to explore ego dissolution, talk a lot about the details and the specifics of an actual psilocybin journey and what that looks like, including integration. And then what does it mean to stay present both in life in general, but also during your psilocybin and psychedelic experiences? Thanks for joining today. So welcome everybody to this next episode on the Spirituality What podcast. I'm here today with Andrew and we're going to talk a little bit or a lot of it about psychedelics and mushrooms. So Andrew, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Andrew. Uh, I am both a spiritualist and uh, a psychedelic guide. Uh, I have a lot of experience with psychedelics and the crossroads between psychedelics and spirituality. And uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So let's dive right in. So the very first question that I'm going to ask everybody on this podcast, and for those of you that haven't listened to other episodes before, this is going to be a standard, is what does spirituality mean to you? Spirituality is simply a realization of what is, what already is. There isn't an experience without spirituality, but there is an experience with a denial of spirituality. And we can certainly have an experience that's reflective of of an aspiritual life. But in truth, spirituality is simply the realization and acceptance of what is true and what is always uh, true and always happening around us um, in all ways. Interesting. So we had in our first episode, the interviewee, Kanda, actually, who you know, was saying that spirituality for her is everything. And she kind of went and talked a little bit about that. So it's a a little bit of a theme kind of going already. For me, it's the realization that everything is spiritual. And that's what this podcast is about. I love that. Yes. It's that everything is. So when when we refer to spirituality in the microcosm or we refer to our spiritual life or our spiritual practices and things like that, which can be helpful if we do that to the exclusion of recognizing spirit elsewhere in our lives, then we're calling forth the lessons that we need to to learn that in fact spirit is present in all things at all times. Every single atom, every single point of energy everywhere. I love that. 
So today we are excited to have our first episode about psychedelics. Woohoo! Woo and we're going to start with mushrooms, mostly because I knew somebody who had some experience that I thought could provide some value on a podcast like this to talk about that. So if you want to start by talking a little bit more in detail about what your experience is and and then we can get into kind of the relationship with spirituality. Sure, sure. So the first time that I ever tried mushrooms was about 11 or 12 years ago. And it was in a recreational setting uh, with uh, friends and family, relatively close friends and family. And it was positive. It was fun. It was sort of the extent of what the intention of the evening was, was really to have a good time. And I, at the time, did not consider myself spiritual. So while I was oh, every I bit as that. spiritual as I am now and that I was made of spirit and, and manifest as spirit, I certainly didn't know it at the time. And mm -hmm. so I didn't really have any intentionality behind it. But there was a period of time, uh, probably at least a few minutes, but as those with experience in psychedelics know that your grasp of time can get a little bit loose. Absolutely. So I don't know exactly how long it, it lasted for, but there was a period of time during that journey where I remember that I was alone. I was sort of moving from one room to another, found myself in a, in a room alone and was just standing there and had what people describe as sort of ego dissolution and at the time i didn't know what that was either i was also unfamiliar with with that as a concept and and so just had this very direct um, experience of feeling one with everything yeah. for just a, a few moments is sure. like what i seem to remember the next day and that was about it and i let that go because I didn't really have anything else in life that I was sort of either working on or there didn't seem to be something on the other end of that journey or anything. So it was just sort of was what it was. And then uh, fast forward to just a few years ago, about three years ago or so after COVID started and, and the planet went into meditation effectively, uh, so did I and started kind of scratching at the surface of what I believed and what I could accept as truth. And and decided very early on that I needed to hang up what I decided I knew, you know, basically okay. up to that moment in life, like just basically take everything that I thought that I knew that I was pretty sure of and just put it all to the side and just say, you know, to some extent, the things that I know are um, controverted by what I now want to go and explore. You know, some of the things that I've intellectualized or some of the beliefs that I've subscribed to directly um, controvert um, what may be true and what I'm now open to finding as truth. And so I started looking and looking and um, about four months or so went by and I was listening to, to various podcasts and consuming whatever information that I could and uh, effectively intellectualizing a lot of it. Like it made sense. I was like listening to Deepak Chopra. I'm like, oh, yeah. this guy knows. Like it's, yeah, it's sure. obviously like he knows and I'm listening to what he knows. I'm hearing to what he knows. And I'm like, yep, like I can sort of grasp that. But like, could I embody that? Could I could I bring that into my awareness? Did you know it? I could not. Right. I could yeah. not. Even, in, you know, I'd listen day after day after day. And I'm like, I get it. I, I speak English. I understand all the words that are coming out of his mouth. I cannot grasp these concepts. Sure. And then I remembered that mushroom journey mm -hmm. that I had many years ago. And I said, you know, there was there was a moment during that journey where I feel like my awareness and my consciousness was expanded somewhat. And and I felt this need to expand 
that what I could hold in my consciousness because I'm 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 finding the concepts I'm finding the um, the truth as told and experienced by somebody else sure. uh, but I'm not able to fully like embody embrace it and like that. embrace yeah. it like really at a at a knowing level and and so I realized that I needed some help to expand what I could hold in my consciousness and so I went and found a psilocybin uh, retreat basically that was being hosted down in Arizona and um, spent a few thousand dollars going to do that over a, a long weekend and um, had a, a really great journey that um, did basically what I set out to do and that was one of my first lessons in learning um, exactly how psychedelics work and what you get out of them um, quite often if not exclusively has everything to do with what you expect to get out of them and what you hope to get out of them and what your mindset is obviously going into them. And so I wanted to expand my consciousness and my awareness. And that's uh, exactly what happened. There was, there was some ego dissolution. There was experience of oneness and coming out of it also a, a very powerful um, feeling of connectivity and a knowing that everything really is born of the energy of love and that mm. love as frequency that yeah. love as substance not just form or expressed Absolutely. emotion that sort of thing and so i had this new baseline and it was like oh wow okay and so then i proceeded to now i can connect to that now i can connect to it mm -hmm. and so then i started um, reading a lot of channeled material and finding truths and lots of other new ways um, developed my sense of discernment and understanding of uh, truth as vibration and what resonates and what doesn't and mm -hmm. uh, it was when I first started forming what I describe as three piles like here's the things that resonate that I know are just easy to yeah, embrace totally. because they resonate here's the things that definitely don't and anything that doesn't just sits in the metal pile and I don't care how big it gets it's allowed to be whatever it needs to be and, <laughs> um, and then if I encounter new information about something that I've been unsure of then I'll reevaluate yeah. it and otherwise I just I don't have to decide I don't have to know that something is definitely this or it's definitely that and and that's the the concept of discernment and and resonance mm -hmm. in in truth and how we encounter information so i started finding a lot more information over the remainder of that year a few years ago and was able to um start to really embrace and bring it in and 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 embody it and and live it and integrate it and um later that year and and starting into the following year i started to expand my practice and use of psychedelics because I wanted to to tap more into that experiential knowing of self as one with all things and to see what else is there mm -hmm. and and that's what I proceeded to do and so I've I've had somewhere between I think 30 and 40 probably psilocybin journeys okay um, now since that first one okay. a few years ago awesome so before I, I have a question related to that, but I want to come back because this podcast is for everybody. And so there, you mentioned ego dissolution. And so if you could explain a little bit about what that actually means to you, because there might be people listening who don't know what you're saying. A hundred percent. And this has, this has both, um, spiritual and, uh, reflections in consciousness as well as physiological ones and so I'll give you a little bit on both of those so physiologically a classic psychedelic and when I say classic psychedelic I refer to that the way that 
maybe Michael Pollan and James Fadiman do, and, mm-hmm. and that's basically psilocybin and LSD. Yeah. Ayahuasca is like a close cousin, and then DMT is sort of just another you know step or two removed, and, yes. and you kind yeah. of spiral out from there. But on a classic psychedelic, on a heroic dose, as they're called, um, what happens, and this has been measured in fMRI, is that um, super cool? Yes, very cool. Um, so there's this thing at the very center of your brain called the posterior cingulate cortex, okay. and this is physiologically the sort of traffic cop. It's a thing kind of where a lot of the information and communication throughout your brain travels through. So okay. between two sure. other things, it's going to go through this thing, and it's also um, sort of tagged, if you will, as the the place where the self or the ego is most sort of physiologically attached. And what happens on a classic mm. psychedelic on a heroic dose is that the the posterior cingulate cortex quiesces. It basically goes to sleep. Turns off. Yeah. So this traffic cop that's in the middle of your brain that's normally passing all these messages and deciding what everything is. And, and judging and, and changing judging and, and, and acting interpreting. as your sense of self specifically in contrast to everything else, like literally claims itself as wholly separate and a self apart from every other self and every other thing that there is. So, I mean, it is the physiological expression of the part of our consciousness that insists on an experience born in separation Hmm. rather than one born in unity. So the classic psychedelic allows this part of the brain to quiesce. And then what happens on the fMRI is that the whole rest of the brain starts firing up and creating whole new neural pathways yeah. and talking to itself because the brain's going to do what the brain's going to do because the mind's going to do. And what now the mind's it's like free do. range. Exactly. So all of this, from a spiritual perspective, uh, physiology is an expression uh, of the mental landscape. So we we manifest ourselves physically from absolutely uh, from the yes. mental parts of of our mind body spirit complex if you will so we have these sort of three levels of our own consciousness and they express in different ways uh, using archetypes and so uh, the mind expresses the body so these things we can see reflected and this is what a classic psychedelic does um, though that ego is represented in consciousness as well and so there's a blueprint to your consciousness and if you can imagine it your intellectualizing uh, capability, your thinking nature is is not who you are, which is what most of us, that's a, a big misconception. We definitely equate ourselves with our thoughts. And, and our opinions. And our opinions. And our exactly. judgments. Like, it's absolutely. how we identify. It's how we express. It's like... They, it's how we're taught to identify. Yeah. The, these things. things are like inseparable. And then when you take a step back and you see um, some of like a, a diagrammatic or or a, a blueprint approach to consciousness and really put the intellect in the box, frankly, that it ought to be in, which is uh, a tool that's used. Um, and it is part of the personality structure, which itself is also something that is a tool that can be used by the higher self to, to interact and interface in a 3D, Absolutely. 4D world. Um, yeah, we use these as tools. Um, however, the very big difference is that we no longer identify as the tools. Mm, so once we sort of yeah. disempower the tool, like, okay, I put on my thinking cap, so to speak, when I need to think and, and be smart or problem solve and et cetera, and then I take it back off when I don't need to be because, frankly, it's it's limited because the mental capacity and the intellect lives at a lower level of consciousness than the higher self does. And so when we are 
constantly thinking, we're doing so at the cost of allowing the higher self to be present. Mm. Wow, there was definitely a lot to unpack there. So my first question is, you mentioned LSD and mushrooms as these classic psychedelics having a similar physiological scientific impact on your human body. That's right. What do you see differences or if, what differences do you see between how those two psychedelics work? I do. For you, sure. No, I do. And I would say, broadly speaking, uh, LSD has a longer journey and a longer okay, peak. Sure. So um, a psilocybin journey is going to last about six hours before you feel I'll say, you know, 90% back fully embodied and kind of, you know, quote unquote yourself. Though I'll say that most people that go through a deep dive psilocybin journey are not necessarily looking to come back out the same person. And so they have the opportunity to to integrate um, that experience and maybe come out a little bit differently, but they're doing so very much of their own free will. And, and, And in fact, it takes the will and you have to exercise the will in order to integrate Uh, the learning that comes through um, a psychedelic journey. So anyway, a psilocybin journey might be six hours and the peak is going to last somewhere between, call it an hour in and say three to three and a half hours in. So you've got, you know, a good couple couple hours hours, of like pretty solid plateaued peaking kind of experience. And LSD is going to stretch that peak out to at least more like three to three and a half hours, Mm -hmm. maybe as long as four with an overall journey time, you know, easily stretching to eight or 10 hours before you kind of feel like you're fully kind of back down and, and Absolutely. you know, where you started, um, notwithstanding anything that you want to integrate from the experience totally. itself. Yeah. So talk about integration. What does that mean? Integration is choice. And you'll hear this in psychedelic circles a lot. In fact, they're referred to as integration circles. And psychedelic guides will talk a lot about integration. Integration is the process by which we are incorporating what we learn in a psychedelic experience. And that happens through some level of contemplation and analysis and discussion, which is what integration circles or an integration engagement with a psychedelic guide after a journey um, or a series of interactions might be um, geared toward. Though really it is around choice because choice is our our essence in action. So as we make choices, this is what we create from, this is how we are calling forth a new moment, calling forth a new lesson, calling forth a new vibration, putting forth an expression, it's all done in choice. And making choices that are in line with what we've learned in our psychedelic journeys is how Mm. we then integrate it. So if you think of your knowledge of the sky as blue, I would say that that is an integrated knowing into your consciousness. Now, in consciousness, it also has a lot to do with a collective agreement that's a different rabbit hole. But just for your experience, you don't have to think about what color the sky is or that the ceiling above us is flat or that the, the floor is flat. There are things that are just in your awareness and they are accepted as they are because they've just been there. And this is how changes in consciousness come about is that we start choosing differently. So we have a choice in front of us. And normally I would be afraid that I'm not going to have enough or that so-and-so is going to think this or that fill in the blank of all the things that we're afraid of all the time, all learning beliefs, exactly. And we make a conscious decision 
to to make a decision even in the face of one of these fears and especially in the face of one of these fears because if we're not then we're still sort of circumventing and sidestepping the lesson that's really here which is to face that fear directly head on to say okay i am i'm so certain that if i make this choice like this that this thing is going to happen mm -hmm. and we have to make the choice to actually find out that um, a more often than not that thing that we're certain of happening actually doesn't happen uh, or b that if that thing does happen it unfolds in such a way that we realize fairly quickly usually that oh wow this really needed to happen because this other we can see it differently from a different perspective exactly yeah. because this other reaction that i thought i was going to have or that somebody else was going to have didn't about happen, this didn't happen different. that way yeah. and now this whole thing has finally shifted and allowed this thing that was sort of this boulder in the path that we had just camped out next to now to be moved so that we can now move further on down our path and so all of our choices are how we integrate the knowing and if it's not a little bit uncomfortable and this is what i'm always telling people it's like you're just not doing it and i mean mm. i you know we know people who are sort of spiritual in name only or they're really good at forwarding memes around you know and then when um stuff hits the fan then suddenly none of that applies mm. and there's no introspective and there is no integrating this knowing and it's like it's very easy to know all these things when you don't need to know these things and it's critical to know these things when you do need to know these things and to start making decisions differently and yes it will feel awkward and that's sort of the point that's how you know that you're progressing it's like learning to ride a bike and when you first learn it it is awkward but it's a skill that as you progress and as you pick it up you will get better and better at and eventually look back and go wow i'm really glad that i have that and there's no way that i could ever forget that yeah. now because it's just become a part of who i am Absolutely. but we have to make those choices and choose a little bit differently in the face of fear, even with the fear, and just allow it to just be and let whatever's going to come out of that choice happen and then reflect and realize and go, yeah. oh, look at that. The thing that I was afraid of didn't happen after all. And now we've released the need to learn through that particular kind of fear. Absolutely. Okay. And then when you talk about, you talked about during this, this when you were talking about the physiological and sort of the science aspect the sort of new neural pathways and that's the integration right is that all these neural pathways are open now and we're making the choice to that's go the, down a new the earth. physiological expression yeah. of what is allowed to happen because in in consciousness just like in your your brain you've got pathways and connections between different energy centers and they work and communicate together and in pairs and in, in trios and, and in all these multifaceted ways and so as as we start operating as more wholly integrated beings at a conscious level then our brains are going to do the same mm -hmm. and it's important to realize that in a in a causal universe everything that's physical is the result of something that is energetic absolutely yes in in all ways so everything is always a reflection of what's going on at an energetic or causal level yeah, even if you can't see it even if you, you can't see it, <laughs> or know about it which we can in most cases yeah. yeah exactly but exactly. very helpful to start to see it in that that type of paradigm because we can start to make shifts in consciousness that will change our physical experience yeah so another question was about the peak so you mentioned when we were talking about the mushroom, the differences between mushrooms and LSD, there's this peak period. Mm -hmm. What does that mean exactly? And is there a physiological difference between the 
peak time and the non-peak time? Well, the receptors likely that are quiesced are, are going to be most... Most you, quiet. Uh, yeah, the peak most quiet. Yeah. And then most importantly, there's if there's a, a piece of guidance that I... I try to give people heading into a journey, specifically a, a, during a peak. You're doing this. You're embarking on this to have an experience. You're embarking on this to have a very direct um, experience of something that that then becomes that much more part of what you know and who you are mm-hmm. because you've experienced it. You haven't just been told by someone else. Well, there's a trick if you will, to that experience. And it goes back to what we're talking about with these aspects of consciousness. And there is a part of you that is always, and especially in regular day-to-day being, um, it's, it's even, it's even more to the forefront than in a psychedelic journey. But there's a part of you that's always paying attention to everything because Mm -hmm. it wants to decide what everything means. And wants to be prepared to go tell everybody about it later. Like, this is what it means. And this is how it went. Like, there's a part of of us that's always doing that. And there's a divided will because of that. So there's one aspect of us that is having an experience. And there's another aspect of us that's just really dead set on recording it, understanding it, and regurgitating it, and reiterating it to someone else so that I can make a difference. And I can lift somebody. And I can satisfy my purpose and do all the things that I want to do. And it's for all the right reasons. There's nothing wrong with any of it. But while that will is divided, the ability to fully experience is diminished. The present, absolutely. Absolutely, because part of you is is Not outside present. of this moment yeah, exactly totally. because it's like oh i better pay extra close attention and oh what i gotta this do this like? thing tomorrow and, that's not even related yeah, absolutely exactly so when you're in that journey and you're starting to have some really really powerful experience or you're you're going to see something or feel something to the extent that you can let go of the need mm-hmm. to hold on to it and uh, in my personal experience, it's been more or less allowing, um, being completely okay with the fact that I may totally forget what this experience is. Now, I will I will tell anyone listening that um, I almost never do forget that. So it's it's important to know that that's not really something yeah. that yeah, generally will happen. Right. But um, it's very important to let go of the attachment of having to record the experience so that we can analyze it and go Just regurgitate it. it. Just it's the pure it. experience of it is really why we're there. And by by undividing the will and by being more singular in our intention to simply be present in that mm-hmm. moment, release all attachment to what may come after this. And knowing that I may have a full experience of full fully embodied spirit right now and i mean i could i could glow like like whatever you can imagine <laughs> yeah. the most physiologically metaphysical experience that you can have you can have all that and you have to release all attachment to anyone ever knowing about it or yeah. you ever remembering it like it sounds extreme and yet it's very important because this is how we pour ourselves into an experience and really allow everything that is present to wash over our consciousness. I feel like the easily relatable scenario is our cell phones and pictures. You know, when I I feel it, at least in my experience now, so many more pictures are being taken of just everything all the time. And I'm like, at a concert, for example, you know, you see people watching the concert 
through the phone and I'm like, put that phone down and enjoy yeah. this experience with your own two eyeballs, 100%. you know? Like, yeah, and they're sitting there, they're wa- they're wanting to look at light and they're thinking of how many likes they're going to get and who's going to re- respond or to Or showing this to someone later yes. or whatever. Yeah, and it's at, totally diminishing. At the cost of what those musicians on stage would really want that person to experience, that's what they're losing. Full on presence. Yeah. And I've had a similar analogy drawn by musicians who have talked about doing jam sessions and things like that that are like amazing and mind blowing and they're super cool. And then somebody will try to record them and then it just tweaks the tweaks it just enough that it's like not quite the same. And it's because yes, because suddenly every single person that's present is is partially present at least, but then a part of them is like, I'm hearing this this one time, but it could be heard a million times after this. Is or, it good enough? Is it I good mean, enough? just all all of these limiting beliefs come in and exactly just... and and diminish the quality of what really seeks to be expressed in that experience. Yeah. That doesn't care about what is uh, thought of it. It doesn't care what somebody would take away from it in the future. It's expression for expression's sake. Oh my goodness, what a great discussion and conversation. This is just part one of part two. So join us next Wednesday for part two of this awesome discussion with Andrew. Can't wait to see you there. Oh yeah, and an obligatory message again, this podcast is not sponsored by Meetup. Thank you for joining me on today's Spirituality What? Adventure. Subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. Visit us on Instagram at spirituality.what to interact, tell us what spirituality means to you, and even provide some of your own personal musings. Human on, you phenomenal spiritual beings.